Well, hello there, terrible warriors. It's me, Justin. We're back again with another Session Zero, an exploration of the character creation phase of tabletop role-playing games. And this week, we are trying a very different kind of game, uh, a game that I really hope to be able to return to now and, and actually play a session of here on Terrible Warriors because, oh my goodness, it has earned every award it earned this past year. It won a lot of awards, I recall, uh, at the Ennies this past year for artwork, for um, like original rules and, and all kinds of things. I, I, I can get the exact... Uh, uh, awards they're listed in the show notes but it was i just remember seeing this name kept coming up and if it didn't win an award it was nominated for a whole bunch of things as well it's published by free league games our favorite publisher out there that also makes uh forbidden lands and tales and loop but they didn't make the game they're just a publisher the creators are occult orc master games and stockholm cartel and they are responsible for the grim dark pitch black post-apocalyptic or current apocalypse it's not post-apocalyptic it's like actually in the middle of the apocalypse Merkborg, i believe is how it's pronounced it's uh got an umlaut in there it's swedish for the dark fort so we're making characters in Merkborg today and i of course cannot be making these characters alone i am joined today returning to uh our fair show it's uh joe drummond from our Spire campaign. Hi, it's great to be back. Hi there, I really Joe. uh Hi, yeah, I missed um I've missed being able to gather around a table and uh and play with everybody at Terrible Warriors. So this is great. We wrapped up our Spire uh campaign earlier than intended. Uh we only did 7 episodes and uh, the last we saw your Lejeune, you were down in Derelictus and you'd been responsible for I believe arresting a whole bunch of gnolls and sacrificing them to the high elves. And oh no, or is that that was Cassie? No, that no, was, that that was Cassie's yeah, that character. Was Cassie. You went down and and, and got our uh, our masked character in on the story, I did. and and then I returned did. to see that your uh, uh, the the My city watch temple? had moved into the yeah. temple and 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 was like stopping uh, people from from assembling. Uh, in mm-hmm. our last episode that we put out, uh, Velvet's character blew up the uh police station uh and uh uh, brought down middle city and uh sent the sheriff running and so uh maybe one day we'll return and see what happens to it next but that seemed like a very fitting cap to 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 our year (laughs) so today we're we're we couldn't be further from spire (laughs) murkborg is it's like a heavy metal album or a death metal album turned into an rpg uh the book is wild uh just the artwork is presented like it's a zine with like changing fonts and imagery and artwork and colors and all looks like it's like each individual page has been photocopied onto itself and stapled together it's designed to be played fast and loose with almost no preparation time uh very fast character creation rules along with very fast uh, world generation rules for the GM to so just start just banging it through. And the more I was reading it, the more it felt like Dark Souls in tone, but Doom Eternal in terms of gameplay speed, where it's just like you can hear the music just building as you're playing. And uh, yeah, uh, and that was just while I was doing character creation. Uh, what was your like for you, just like first impression? Was that kind of similar to when you were flipping through the book? So I absolutely love the aesthetic, but I found it really hard to read, if I'm being totally honest. The the, the, the fonts are very difficult. It's full of all these gothic fonts that are uh, illegible at times. And of course, you're also Mm -hmm. also dealing with, once you get into the monsters, uh, dealing with a lot of words that aren't English in origin as well. So on top of the hard to read fonts you're also reading uh, a lot of swedish words with uh, uh <laughs> strange pronunciations um where uh, a game like tales in the loop or even forbidden lands are very much localized uh and uh, uh regionalized to uh english-speaking audiences Merkborg didn't bother with that like it's a uh, death metal Swedish album turned in uh, music album turned into an RPG and uh, and they just made it enough English for you to be able to play along, which I appreciate. I it, it, you know they're sticking to their yeah. guns with that. I agree a hundred percent. I mean it made it a little slower than I think it would have been otherwise. Um, and there was a lot of so it's actually my roommate's copy that I'm yeah. using. Uh, he's also super into RPGs, and so every kind of third page is like. What does this say? What does this say? <laughs> but that's it's only like 96 pages. 
It's a it's very um, brief book. It's not uh, overwhelming. Like we just did Cyberpunk Red last week. That was 256 pages. Uh, mm-hmm. the, even the Klingon Core rule book is something like, you know, that much time. But it's also the Star Trek Adventures Core rule book is another several hundred pages. Uh, so it's a lot where, I mean, I read all of Merkborg this morning. Like yeah. beginning to end, because even though it's only 96 pages, it's not like wall to wall text. It's a lot of no. graphics. It's a lot of uh, expression. It's a lot of using the space of the page. One entire page just says femur D4 damage. And it's just a picture of a bone. And so uh, we'll, we'll. It does such an excellent job of making sure that you get the flavor of what you're going for, yeah. even if all you do is yeah. look at the maybe five pages that you need for character yeah. creation. After you even just going through the table to find out what weapon your character has, you will know exactly what kind of game you're getting into. And I think we'll, we'll talk about that right after we introduce our characters and, and, and going there. Cause that's point of session zero fair warning, making these characters. I remember doing it and going like, Oh, that's it. My character's done. Oh, it's been 15 seconds. Okay, I guess I'm going to make a couple more. So we're changing the format with Session Zero today. Rather than each of us presenting our one character that we made, uh, we've each made, I've made three. How many did you make, Joe? I also made three. You made three. So we've each made three characters. And even that, I made three characters in the time it took Joe to go walk her dog and come back. And that we're talking like out for a walk around the block, three characters done. It is that quick. And so that's one reason why we made our three characters, but they're also full of flavor and dripping with creepiness. And would you like to go first, Joe? I would like to go first. So my first is actually my favorite one that I made. And this one was the least kind of So they're all procedurally generated, some more so than others. Occasionally, I fudged my dice rolls for flavor. Yeah, I will. So I made my characters (laughs) using three different methods. The first one I I did, did, I went right from the book and I just made it scratch step one, step two, step three, step four. The second one I also did right from the book and I used one of the custom classes and I went through that and I rolled the dice for that and and I created a custom class. The third one I used an online character generator because I was curious to see how that played out because of all the amount of flavor text that is involved and uh, and that also spat out a character. And then I did a little extra work where I uh, picked out some more equipment and things like that and I did some fine tuning. So I So there were three different ways. All of them took almost the exact amount of time. And I mean it, like rolling the dice and going through the steps manually took about as much time as clicking create character on an online character generator. It blew me away. It blew me away. I did the exact same thing. I did uh, one uh, character through the class, one through um, the random generator, which is a site called Scum Birther. Yeah. And then the last one I did straight up uh, procedural via the book. So the first one I'm going to talk about is one that I actually did via the class. Um, and I probably changed that one the most, fudged my rolls the most on that one because uh, I was really getting into the flavor and wanted to take a few liberties. Uh, my first character that I'm going to co- talk about is called Turn. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It also has a umlaut in it. T-O with an umlaut R-N. Oh, that's my first character is also Turn. It, but it's, it, the first <laughs> name is, is uh, it's, it's, it's. Uh, it looks like Prugal, but there's an umlaut over the U, and I honestly don't know how that's pronounced. So it's like looks like Prugal Turn. So there's like a name generator as well. So you also get characters that really fit with the Swedish death metal theming, because that's like this is what this game is, and it is not apologizing for anything. <laughs> it is nope, just going to not even a little. It is in your face. So tell me about Turn. Turn is a gutterborn scum, which is one of the yes. six classes mm-hmm. that are pre-generated, or sorry, not pre-generated, um, but can be procedurally generated through through the book. Yeah, there are six custom uh, classes to choose from, but you don't need to use one of those classes. No. And speaking of having an entire page dedicated to the theme, I really, really love the uh, artwork for the for mm-hmm. the gutter born scum which takes up literally an entire page it's very creepy it reminds me of salad fingers yeah and my roommate also must have really enjoyed it because it was actually that's where the bookmark was when i pulled the book off the shelf (laughs) 
My gutterborn scum was raised by rats in the gutters of Grift. And as Justin, I think, mentioned, there's these different areas, and that's the area where the city ruler decided that everyone's going to just mass suicide. That's the best option that we yeah, have right now. The, a kind king that is mocked by others has read the prophecies and seen that the world is ending and time is running out and is making plans for everyone to gather together and just walk off of a big cliff into the ocean. And that's, you know, like that's where this world is, is the, 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 the end of days has been prophesized and have now begun and time is running out and everyone knows the end of the world is going to happen. And does your character greet it with open arms? Do they rush in to fight it with their eyes wide open or do they still think the apocalypse can be averted somehow and, and try to appeal to the four basilisks that have prophesied the end? And, uh, and, and so you play a character that has been brought into a world that is coming to an end. We're in the final chapters now. We're in the last days of Revelation and, you know, it's it's very much like the sky is falling, literally. And uh, and, and that's where this world is. You're playing characters that are not going to stick around for long. And one of the reasons why character generation is so quick is because your characters are basically made of glass. And there's a lot of moves that we'll talk about that uh, in a single dice roll, you could have a couple of failures play out in a roll, and there's no there's no saving you. <laughs> you're just you're boiled alive, and you're a skeleton now. And so it's it's and like every death flavor, everything written in, it's so over the top. It's wonderful. So anyway, you come from this you come from this town where this kind king is planning to just gather everyone together, and they're just gonna walk off a cliff into the sea. And turn is kind of all about this plan. This is clearly the best plan that we could have right now. And uh, in part because uh, one of the themes that I rolled uh, is that Turn is cursed to share the nightmares of others. So they sleep far, far away. For whenever anyone else has a nightmare, they also have the same one. Oh, dear. Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) That got a little weird given that Turn was raised by rats. Oh, those are going to be very vivid (laughs) dreams. But, you know, Turn kind of tries to take everything in stride. And uh, as the world turns, as the world turns, as I was creating this character, I thought uh, in part because of the the theme is the wrong word, but like the theme of the city, like like the the tone, like like because like this city is like every day the king releases these new pamphlets that he puts onto the doors to prepare the families for the day to come like this whole thing this town is Jonestown four days before Jonestown right except with more warning they they haven't they haven't (laughs) made up the Powerade like because it wasn't Kool-Aid it was Flavorade they haven't like made that up yet but they're stirring the pots and they're they're serving the glasses out and and they're organizing everyone to come out you know on Friday but this time everyone knows what's going on (laughs) yeah yeah and so uh because of all of that i think the the flavor of having all this whole populace that's prepared to kind of do the unthinkable that in some sense kind of takes a very there's a serenity optimist yeah there's a serenity there's a serenity in that nihilism exactly the end is coming there's no point fighting it and that's almost freeing Exactly. And so I have written on my character sheet, Snow White, except rats. Except rats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just Perfect. imagining this very like Pollyanna, hopeless romantic character who's been raised in these very trying circumstances, uh, literally in a gutter by a bunch of rats yep. who they share the dreams of the rats. <laughs> I'm very excited because my random, my second character is also a gutterborn uh-huh. and could not be more different. <laughs> it is a completely different character. And that's what I was hoping to see is just mm-hmm. how, even if you're using the same character classes and you might be going, ah, oh, procedurally generating, like eventually you're just going to run. No, no, no. no, These, no. The, they are so different every time. Yeah. And so it's, I'm really, really, ex- this is the character. I wanted to start with this character because this is the character I, by far I'm the most excited about playing because I like that tension between this is the environment there's the serenity and and yeah. the plan that we've chosen but it's not an yeah. easy plan by any means no and and 
this character that just kind of sees the best in everything, except it's literally the apocalypse. We're literally in the middle of the apocalypse. Yeah. And we'll get into that too. At the beginning of each session, the GM is actually supposed to roll the die to see which prophecy is being fulfilled in this session. And they have like, it looks like an excerpt from a Bible uh, with chapter and verse, and it's broken up into four Psalms. And and when you roll the dice, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit at the end of the episode here on like what misery <laughs> is befalling your table in this game. Yeah. My first character, also a Torn, maybe we're related, Prugal Torn is uh, nihilistic and cruel, and hands caked with sores. He stutters when lying. An escaped cult member, terrified and paranoid. Other cultists are everywhere. And uh, Prugal uh, is equipped only with a crossbow and light fur. (laughs) Two days of food and a tent. (laughs) But 60 (laughs) silver in his pocket and is fleeing into the woods. <laughs> and like I, I think that he took all the money that this cult had and just went where your your torn is like embracing the coming apocalypse and is mm-hmm. like this is happening and there's no choice fighting it. Mm-hmm. Frugal is no, I'm fighting it. Like everyone runs and it's time for me to run and grabbed all the money and just took off. No plan, no idea what happens next. Isn't going to make it very far. Uh, Brugel has seven hit points, though. So that's that's really high for some of these characters coming through and has uh, only a plus one in their presence. It's broken into four stats, strength, agility, presence, and toughness. Most of them sit at zero all the time. And um, he has presence at one, and he's just fleeing. He's just running, and he's, he doesn't know where he's running to. Maybe he's also going to end up running off a cliff, but he's at least going to fight while he's running. And... Uh, uh, and he's got some money to spend while he gets out there. Just for comparison, turn, my turn, only has three hit points. Yep. And that's not even the lowest number that I have for my characters. Who is your second character? So my second character is Nifal. And this character I went through and rolled for all of the... I rolled for everything. I rolled on every table I could find in the book to roll. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot of tables, and they're all really good. A lot of them are flavor texts that fill in little backstories and 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 bits about like how uh, how horrible your life has been and different omens that surround you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a few that also like what equipment do you have? What yeah. abilities do you have? What omens and spells do you have access to? And so two of my favorite tables, I don't remember which ones they were off the top of my head, uh, generated the following. My best friend is a skull. I carry it with me, I tell it everything, and I trust no one more. I also very recently murdered a close relative. Very recently. So I think that could kind of be fun to play with, like, whose skull is this? Maybe it's related to the skull that Harmag Karg also has. I also Ah. got best friends as a skull. (laughs) Harmag Karg is my gutterborn scum. Educated by outlaws in a hovel south of Aliane. Bitter and worried, hauntingly beautiful, unnervingly clean. Harmid Karg also has a best friend for a skull. Carry it with you, tell it everything, trust no one more. And uh, gutterborn scum have a class specialty called dodging death. You are so unpleasant, irrelevant, disgusting, and vile, even death would rather avoid you if it can. On death, if there is even the slightest possibility that you survived, there's a 50% chance that you did. If successful, after 10 rounds, you pop back up with D4 health and an unlikely explanation of your escape. <laughs> and that's that's Harmug. Uh, Harmug uh, only has three hit points, but... Um, came equipped with uh, nothing but a short sword, which only deals D4 damage, <laughs> and, uh, and no armor, but has a sack with enough room for 10 items, uh, a sharp needle, and a meat cleaver. And, and, and they're they're going to head out there into the world. Uh, and I, I don't know where Harmard Karg is from, but uh, they might be heading into the cathedral in the center of, of the place to, uh, again, like, um, it might not be trying to loot the others, but uh, I feel like Harmud Karg, if any character I've ever rolled was a serial killer, it was this one right here. Yeah, plus similar. two agility, plus one toughness, uh, a little creepy. Um, 
I feel like the best friend is a skull. That skull might not always be the same skull. Oh. <laughs> it's just a skull that they've always got. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they keep it clean. They keep it polished. They, um, they hunt and loot the living. <laughs> not, not the unfortunate dead. Similar uh, serial killer vibes over here with uh, Nifila. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I did with this character when I was generating it is you have the option of either uh, getting a potentially getting a better weapon. You're always going to be rolling for your weapons as you're generating these characters, um, but you can choose to take a lower roll on your weapon. I think it's your weapon. Uh, take a lower roll on your weapon and instead also get a scroll because there is magic in this world. Yeah. And I, none of my characters picked up the scroll. Uh, there was a little bit more, um, but we can, we can look at that. Nifel picked up a scroll and Ooh. they picked up the scroll of Metsuotl Blind Your Eye. It's one of the unclean scrolls. It is one of the unclean scrolls. So Nifel can be invisible for D6 rounds or until damaged. But it's also a creature becomes invisible oh, sorry. for yeah, these rounds. So it doesn't just have that. to be your character. It's whoever you cast this on, <laughs> whatever you cast this on, uh, becomes invisible for D6 rounds or until it's damaged. Yeah. That's fun. That's terrifying. So you just move around unseen. With my little skull friend. And with these powers, you roll presence every morning uh, to determine how many times you can use powers that day. Um, but if you fail, the power doesn't work. You lose health and become dizzy for this hour. During this time, powers will always fail in the worst possible way. And there's a whole page that they've made called Arcane Catastrophes. And you rolled on a D20. And it says here at the top corner of the page, if a caster rolls the same result twice... They explode in screaming black fire in which the faces of the dead are seen. D6 damage every round. Water only feeds this fire. <laughs> and, and, and all of the arcane catastrophes have a descriptor. And then uh, another thing in italics that says like effects that are in cursive are things that the caster may not immediately realize. And I won't read them all off. Like the very first one is one of your teeth fall out. Long, brittle fingernails replace them in your gums. Uh, One by one, your teeth fall out and long, brittle fingernails replace them in your gums. In, in, In cursive, your smile is horrific and you find it hard to eat. Like, that's just the first of 20 catastrophes that they've written in. And that's just what's in the core book. We haven't even gotten to the Merkborg cult, which is the fan run content that is also officially published through this through this property. And I love really got a lot of support from their fans. Yeah, they really did. And I love that one of the original ones, the entire thing is in italics. So it seems like nothing happened. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's, and that, it's so. And that one says within D4 days, a vile cocoon heaves from the ground. So this is days after you failed. Yeah. Yeah. Soon bursting and spawning your exact clone. It is unintelligent and begins to spread mischief and suffering. This happens every couple of days until the ground is cleansed with holy water or fire. I love this game so it's much. It's so good. <laughs> it is so colorful. Um, was that your third character that you just talked about? No, that was only my second. That was only your second. Yeah. So who is your third? Because I've got my third one up on my screen now. Okay. So my third character is the one that I used the scum birther to generate. So this yep. is completely uh, auto-generated. I didn't have any input in this one, um, but it's still a bunch of fun. So... I really liked that the first character that I had and the third were kind of tied to a specific place because it really gave me more of a feeling of what I was going for. You an anchor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So my earliest memories of... So I am Vatan and my earliest memories are of suckling a wolf in the wilds of Bergen Crypt. Oh, how Romulus and Remus of you. I know, right? It gets better. Uh (laughs) You have 30 or so friends who never let you down. Your teeth. 
Oh, you're also a fanged deserter. Oh I'm my goodness. I'm also a fanged deserter. My, okh, so my scum birther character is also a fanged deserter. Okay. So so we both you 30 or so friends. So so we'll two hours at the same time. Graft yeah. is also a fanged deserter. 30 or so friends who have never let you down. Your teeth disloyal, deranged or simply uncontrollable. Any group that didn't boot you out left anyways. But your parliament of teeth, enormous protruding thick and sharp have always been your allies prone to substance abuse and ruthless oh no that's my that's, next that's character. your next yeah yeah that's your character yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i and so, love so a uh, fang deserters don't get weapons they just have a biting attack they just bite things and honestly this bite attack is notably better than all of the weapons i rolled for the rest <laughs> really of my is. characters although there is a chance when you go for the bite attack that uh, an enemy will get a free attack on you Mm. You must be close to your target, and on a one or a two on a d6 roll, the enemy gets a free attack. So you're you're basically uh, a zombie. You're just playing as a zombie, uh, just an intelligent thinking zombie. Although right? uh, mine says clumsy and dull-witted, so intelligent and thinking might be up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> you're not trying to eat them, but you are definitely trying to bite them. For sure. And... Um, my my fang deserter also is able to use weapons, but it's a stinking sword that I pulled from a military shit ditch. Excellent. Right? It does yep. it's called the Brown Scimitar of Gal Galgenbeck. <laughs> it does D6 damage, and there's a one in six chance the wounded enemy is smitten with sepsis and dies within 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, mine uh, is a um, I, I got a crumpled monster mask. It strikes primitive fear into lesser creatures like goblins, gnomes, and children. <laughs> While war, they seek morale every round uh, or they check morale every round. So every monster you fight uh, has a morale rating. And once you get them down to half health or they're the last one alive or you've killed their leader, they have to do a morale check to see if they flee or surrender. Uh, and I kind of love that lesser creatures like goblins and children, because that's the only way to treat children in your tabletop role-playing game. It's to treat them like <laughs> tiny little monsters. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> clumsy and dull-witted. Yeah, that, that was also mine. Uh, yeah. Graft is prone to substance abuse and is ruthless. Staring, manic gaze, and invertebrate bug eater. Or no, an inveterate. <laughs> an inveterate bug eater. So it's just, yeah, just the worst. Um, Vatan but is... But nine hit points. Graf oh, my goodness. nine hit points. No. This, that you... It, Graft will not die. Graft plans, like, the world is coming to an end, but after the world ends, Graft will be there biting whatever comes next. Vatan <laughs> only got one, so I think Vatan might have uh, done something wrong here. Didn't, and on top didn't, of... <laughs> gave too much suckling to nine, wolf clubs. <laughs> on top of the nine hit points, Graft also has split armor, which is minus D6 HP damage. Dang. So not only is this guy never going down, he's also never getting hit. Walking away with 20 silver and enough food for two days, he's also got a shield and a silver crucifix. Um, and shields in this can reduce the attack by one HP damage, or you can choose to have the shield be broken immediately and immediately negate the attack that came in. Nice. Uh, which is kind of, that's a really interesting, like you can just, you can just sacrifice the shield right now and just cancels out the attack. Because I really again, like that this, mechanic. This game is brutal and fast <laughs> and it comes at you. Uh, and uh, so that's, it was interesting that both you and I, uh, we ended up using the, the two of the same classes because mm -hmm. there are six custom classes um, ready to go and those just offer a little extra flavor you don't have to use them either you can just create uh, blank characters that don't have a class uh, and there's different rules for, for, for them as well and, and uh, that was what my first character was and that was what um, my second character was so like it is so fun to just describe what these characters are like what for you, like one thing that caught me was how quick it was. I remember mm -hmm. making the first character and going, I'm going through a couple of the pages and going like, that's it? I'm I'm done. My character's ready. 
And I said, well, I guess I'm going to read the rules of the game because I need to know then like, like the context of how this plays out. Uh-huh. And just like the character creation is this quickly for the GM, they've also got rules for like rolling up monsters and um, uh, creating scenarios. Uh, and, but I mentioned the cult of Merkborg. Uh, the Merkborg cult is another, it's a PDF I've got. I don't know if it's in a physical book that Occult Orcmaster Games and Stockholm Cartel put out. Uh, full of fan-created content. And in this, there are tables to randomly generate monsters. I mean, and I can, I can do one right now. Let me find a D12 uh, here in my, in my bag of, of dice. Um, a winged and flapping, long, with long, wispy hair, uh, absorbing all sound, eerie, dead, and quiet. And then I can roll for its morale and how much damage it deals, what armor it's got, uh, uh, what damage die it uses to attack. And more so, more than anything, it wants to, let me find a d20 here, devour every living thing it seizes (laughs) with the terrible trait, 16, uh, terrible, but not in a great way. That's all it says. So it's like a so little it's just terrible. This winged, flapping, <laughs> uh, long, wispy-haired monster that is uh, what? What was the the one? It was uh, fading in and out of sight. Was that what I said? Yeah, or no, absorbing so. all sound. So this is just this silent, wispy-haired, winged creature that devours everything that it comes near. <laughs> just this shadow. It's so terrifying. Uh, like, and, in the best uh, way. And that's what I mean. It's like where, where it really starts feeling like dark souls or demon mm-hmm. souls and like the mm-hmm. way these monsters, they're, how unique they are. Like, it's not uh, uh, done that way. So then the, um, so there's a monster generator uh, in, in, in the cult book. There's a, a section called Eat, Pray, Kill, which is all about the monsters that you can hunt. Uh, there's the death ziggurat. Uh, there's a hundred items and trinkets the Goblin Grinder, uh, 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 my favorite area, the Grey Golf Inn, which is full of games of chance that you can play in the tavern with other NPCs, including a game called Three Dead Skulls, which is played with three D6s that you roll and bet on. <laughs> and Because uh, uh, some of these people have just thrown themselves to gambling and rolling dice as they wait out the end of the world, and they're not going out there. Um, uh, there are sections on followers that can join up with you as well as ways to generate missions uh, on the fly. If you're a GM who's like, I don't know how to write this tone of game, um, that that's what the, the cult book is really going to help you do. Uh, and then like the, the back half of this book, after you get past the character classes, are just full of uh, pages and pages of monster details. But every single monster page looks like it came from like a different artist different fonts and different details, each one more horrible and terrible than the last. Uh, and then a section on, on, on random encounters. And then the back half of the book has like an example dungeon uh, that you can use uh, where you, then you can like roll to find out like even more reasons to risk one's life. Where do you wander? Uh, D12, uh, roll that. Uh, three, on a beach and not distant from Grift, who wants to contact you? Uh, on six faint whispers from the crypt so you're wandering on this beach as faint whispers from the crypt uh, and then an adventure spark a d100 oh, I need to find uh, myself some two d10s here to roll I'm so prepared for this uh, 31 oh no it's the other way around it was a 13 uh, sabotage an unholy alliance uh, and then it has one of the many uh, uh bedeviled dungeons and you can come up with the name of the dungeon the hell fort the dark maze the slave waste and you could find out if it's still active or inactive what eminent dangers are in there distinctive features and then start rolling sample rooms as you start building your your dungeon map like you would in in a classic D setting uh and that's what uh Merkborg is apparently based on it's using something called osr rules which is designed to help re- create the feeling of these old retro dungeon crawling games 
that were like, you know, you go into, you go through the room, you fight the monsters, you get the loot, you run out, uh, but then throw all this like flavor and world around it. So you're also generating these over the top heavy metal storylines. Um, but for the GM, it's very much, you can just get out some graph paper and just start drawing out rooms and having them go through, or you could just generate each room on the fly as you keep going until they've had enough and they want to run back out <laughs> and, and get back to the tavern before they all die. And when your character dies, you just pull another character off the stack. You could generate these characters all in advance. Um, and the concept here is that the story being told is the story that's existing at your table as the apocalypse draws closer. And it's more like you're watching a show that has a rotating cast of characters that aren't around for very long at a time. And when one character dies, another one moves in to take its place, but the story continues to move forward. But each character has very different motivations. Some of them, like two of ours, are probably serial killers. Others <laughs> just want to bite things. Some are fleeing, some are running, and some are accepting what's happening. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, Joe, what were your thoughts on this? I know I kind of just went there on a, on a bit of a tear with some of my favorite tables. Uh, but what was it like making these characters coming in because you like me were coming into this game very cold without yes. much warning of what exactly we were opening up. When we opened this book. <laughs> um, so it's very much a game that I really, really want to play as a player. I'm not a particularly experienced GM and I'm not super into the death metal scene, even though I really like kind of the aesthetic and, and that feeling, but it's not something that I am super familiar with. So I think I'd really want to see someone else run the game a couple times before I would try because I would be worried about not doing it justice. I you think would want to have a GM that has like the language of grimdark exactly. who can really chew on the words and exactly. really be vile and creepy and just throw things into that pitch black setting that it's mm -hmm. trying to do mm -hmm. and i knew i remember there was a there was a gm of mine who ran D, D when i was in high school and i just know that if dan got a handle of this book he would have playlists of music ready to go he would probably cloak himself in a robe he'd dim the lights down and have skulls painted onto the walls and he would he would he would just embrace that whole aesthetic he'd have candles at the table and he would oh, just you know, be, perfect. be like welcome to the dark fort and he would just be right into it um and and that would be kind of the thing right like yes. this is a game i wish uh that we weren't in the middle of a pandemic because i would want to play it at the Stormcrow manor because this is a game you want to play in a bar mm -hmm. uh, you know in a mm -hmm. noisy setting where people have no preparation and might even be drinking at the table and yeah. uh, like it was so quick and going like this is a game that um you know it's like yes you're here and you've hired me to play dungeons and dragons but i've got this heavy metal bad motherfucker over here do you want to play this one instead and and see if they go for it so yeah that's it's it's one of those like for convention settings and for pickup groups and for parties this would be a really fun game to crack out because Absolutely. it has such a low barrier of preparation and entry and expectation of no of knowing what the rules are and i think it would be so so good for one shots too because every single character with the exception maybe a little bit of the one that I completely randomly generated, just kind of drew me in immediately with uh, with all of the flavor that's around it. And so I very much felt like I kind of had a grasp of what this who this character was as soon as I saw them on the page. Yeah, my first character, Prugal, might not have had history. Like, I had written down escaped cult members, terrified and paranoid. Mm -hmm. But, like, fun little bits there, like, nihilistic and cruel stutters when lying. And so I, like, <laughs> like it's already, like, there's, like, I, I figured out what this voice is and, yeah. and this character. And, like, yeah. I could role play it and, and be talking with the groups. And mm -hmm. every single time they're, you're like, oh, I'm sure everything's going to be f f fine. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, whereas uh, immediately going over to Harmon Craig, this gutter-born scum who is hauntingly beautiful and unnervingly clean. Have you met my skull? My the beautiful skull. His name is David. The unnervingly clean. What is that, David? What? What, you want me to stab them with needles? Oh, but I couldn't do that. They're my new friends, David. No, David, don't speak to me like that, David. David wants me to stab you with needles. 
right? That's that's so Harmund. good. That's Harmund. So Craig. good. <laughs> yeah, the unnervingly clean is one of my favorite lines in the procedurally generated, and especially in a in a world like Merkborg, mm-hmm. which just seems to be just gripping with oil and death and blood and sick. That in comes this character who is just like there isn't even dirt under the fingernails, right? Like I'm that's, imagining immaculate that's, hair. That's, that's yeah. It's not oily. It's clean. It's conditioned. It's it's what is what is wrong with you? Uh-huh. <laughs> you shouldn't be this way. Whereas like I think all of my characters had tattered clothes in their descriptions. Cleanliness is the next thing to godliness. What is that, David? You want me to stab them with needles? Yeah. So immediately yeah. I wanted to play this as a player. Uh, I think there's just so much that um, the trick is the bone meal makes for a wonderful exfoliant. (laughs) Yeah, I really like games where you can just kind of jump in as a player with no prep. I think it really Mm -hmm. makes for a really creative storyline. I think it kind of helps draw in people who may not be as comfortable with more traditional role-playing games where you really do need to do a lot of prep yeah and it can be a bit daunting you know uh having a look at it uh playing uh uh, in our last two session zeros i was a part of with uh, the klingon rule book and with cyberpunk red i will admit that between these three characters uh graft prugal and harmug i don't feel that attached to them uh, in the same way that I felt attached to the characters I made in Klingon or or in Cyberpunk. Uh, those are characters where I was like, I have made them, I've invested time into them, I care about them, I want to make sure that they can make it through this alive. Merkborg, Merkborg uh, is intentionally creating a setting where they're telling you from the start, character isn't suited for this <laughs> they, they are they are up against the end of time itself no one is going to survive this it even says in character creation uh roll for your equipment roll for your stats give them a name if you wish but it won't save them and it's priming you to like you you're not supposed to get attached to these characters you're supposed to get attached to the setting mm-hmm. and to the other players at the table and mm-hmm. to you you know, surviving through a session and seeing how far you can get. But if Harmud Karg and his best friend, David, the skull were to meet a quick and horrible end, I would pull graft out and I wouldn't miss Karg for mm-hmm. very long before I would then get into graft wanting to bite everything and probably having a hard time talking because his teeth are always in the way. And, and I would just then, and then if something were to happen to graft, I would pick another character and be into it. And it would be, I feel really invested in the setting having made these characters, but I don't feel that invested in the characters, which is odd in that in this case is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It is in any other game would be a strike against it. I completely agree. And I had a similar experience. Uh, the character I'm kind of the most attached to would be Torn, uh, which is my gutterborn Snow White. Yeah, you don't feel torn about it? No, no. <laughs> because I'm... But what the thing is, is it's not that I'm invested in Turn as a character. I'm invested in Turn's story. Yeah. And we all know how Turn's story is going to end. Right. And something that does happen to Turn, like there's nothing stopping you from the next character you make also being from the same community. Or being, right. you know, something similar or maybe being present. If Torn had followers at the time, one of those followers could step up and become your new main character. Right. And, uh, uh, and and it's very possible in a world like this that uh, character deaths could snowball themselves into brand new characters. Or or it could play more like you're just playing a roguelike and a new character just gets generated as mm-hmm. you move in. Um, perhaps, perhaps David was the one that convinced... <laughs> What is that, David? What is that? You want me to stab them with needles? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's like the very first page of the book. The wind from the west, from the sundered land, rot rides it, and the stench of blood. Cursed walker, will you travel there? To the valley of the unfortunate undead? Our young ones are taken by the child thief Tergal, known for his vile crimes and alchemy of flesh. Distances shift, paths but in places warp, and it's just like, and it just goes from there, mm-hmm. and and it's just, and it, and it goes on, life locked and failing in a dark fort. 
And that's like the setup for Merkborg. And, and and on the page opposite of that, there's this beautiful, grainy photograph of a cathedral. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and that's what I mean. Is that it looks like it's a picture that was photographed a hundred times mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. put in. Like, that's what I mean. It's got this zine look to it where it does like every page looks like it comes from a literally a different photocopier, different generation, different artists. Some are handwritten. Some are photographs that have been copied over. It looks like they've been just taped into the page. Uh, and... Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's very aesthetic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very much like, uh, in Tevold also lies Sarkosh and Sarkosh is in like this really heavy, uh, uh, like German looking font, uh, uh, right across, but like Galgenbeck is written in this very uh, elegant Gothic cathedral kind of font. And, uh, and, and then they stick to it. Galgenbeck is always drawn in that font. Sarkosh is always drawn in that font. And, uh, and it keeps going where grift is just like a big stamp of a word, all in big capital letters. Uh, that looks like something from, uh, from The Last of Us. If you know the font for The Last of Us's uh, title, that's what Griff's font looks like. Um, and different pages are like hand drawn or, or have pictures into them. Um, and they all look like they're coming from different places. I would like the hit points page on page 28 is just an anatomical picture of a heart mm-hmm. in full color. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks really weird and out of place because on the very next page, uh, is, um, it looks like a vintage drawing of a man dancing with a skeleton. <laughs> it's just, it's very, very good. Uh, if you've got a chance to pick up the PDF or the book, I can't like recommend Merkborg enough just to have it on your bookshelf it is an eye turner it is so interesting that's part of how we ended up playing it on the podcast was it was one of the ones that you suggested my roommate had it on his bookshelf and I was like yes that one that's the one I want to play with you for it's for session bright zero and yellow and it's written in this heavy inky scratching font with a uh, a bleeding skeleton on the cover and then just giant screaming words Merkborg Mm-hmm. that's all it says <laughs> doesn't <laughs> explain anything and because of the book it's 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 not like a like a giant uh 10 by 14 rpg book it's it's more of a like you the regular paperback size um it fits on a bookshelf it doesn't look like a role-playing book from a distance and uh it looks like a zine or it looks like a like a graphic novel and and so it's it's a little disarming in that way and i think that's mm-hmm. all very intentional as well mm-hmm so that's it. Uh, you can check out uh, Merkborg. Um, I'll have links to it in the show notes. We're also going to post the uh, character uh, that we, the characters that we made, the six of them, onto our Patreon page that you can follow along with, as well as uh, any other links that I've come across, like the the Merkborg cult uh, page on Drive Through RPG. Uh, there's um, a section here called the Dark Fort. Which, uh, yeah, like I've got like all these other little things I've picked up on, on this game. Uh, and, and a link to the character generator. So you can just click through and see what kind of stories you get. And I'd love to hear if you got like really interesting combinations. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you can check all of that out on there. Uh, Joe, you got any final thoughts here on, on Merkborg? When can we play? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Let, let's get this going. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's one of those. I would love to actually try and 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 play this out and see how it actually uh, functions because it does seem to be very rules light, very mm-hmm. fast paced, and mm-hmm. full of surprisingly over the top outcomes. And, yeah, it's uh, and, and I'd love to get into that. Yeah, it looks like so much fun. Uh, what was uh, just to go back to it because I just can't get enough of it. Back, remember those omens? You have these uh arcane catastrophes mm-hmm. uh, i think my favorite one i came across here your skin tatters like paper your flesh melts like wax your intestines bloat like balloons bursting and falling out until all that is left is a walking talking skeleton notably this one has no uh, <laughs> italicized text yeah <laughs> the uh, the effects are fully known to the caster they know that but oh you yeah get, it doesn't but you get to keep playing you're just a skeleton now that's so good doesn't stop you um in the uh in the troubling tales page it says to roll a d20 or throw a knife at the page on the right and like there's uh the 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 details for i mentioned the four basilisks have given prophecies of the future to come um veru predicts inexorable 
a annihilation, and since he is always right, he's become utterly full of himself. And so it's also like it's so uh, uh, heavy on the grimdark, and yet it's kind of funny throughout the book. Like Absolutely. It's, it's absurd. It's that way that a death metal band is doing a lot of satire and parody, and they'll throw in messages, uh, mentions of, of places in, in Lord of the Rings because it's funny to them. Uh, and 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 it, and yet it's also the 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 game doesn't wink at you while it's saying these jokes. Uh, when uh, you roll for your for your weapons, if you roll a one, turn to the the weapon page, and it's just femur d four, just a giant single page spread of a bone, and that's your weapon. You're equipped with a bone. Where if you roll the highest one. You get another two-page spread of the Zweinhander, a giant two-handed sword that you can use. Uh, and it's done in, like, again, this big screaming font of words going across the whole page. It doesn't even fit into the book. The, the title of the sword is so big. Uh, and then all the other weapons get fit onto a single page, stabbed into a body. And it's that that's funny. As I'm flipping through the pages, I'm laughing because it's so absurd and so over the top. Um yeah, this was uh, I really appreciate reading through a book that knows exactly what it is and doesn't give a crap about trying to be anything else. It's very unapologetic in the best way possible. So that's all we've got for this week's session 0. I know we were talking about character creations, character creations so quick, so we just end up talking about the game itself and I don't know what's coming up next, uh, but stay tuned to find out what other games we're going to be creating characters in. If you have suggestions of games you would like uh, to recommend, please let me know uh, over on Twitter uh, at Dice Warriors or on Patreon at patreon.com slash Terrible Warriors or on our Discord channel where you can find a link to that to join onto that server at TerribleWarriors.com. And Joe, thank you so much for hanging out with me to make these utterly bizarre characters. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really miss being on Terrible Warriors. So this is oh, great. We'll have you back again soon. Excellent. I'm sure. Excellent. And until you join us, dear listener, to our next episode, thank you for making your games accessible and playable and enjoyable to all who attend your tables. And until that time when we are back together again, be good to each other. Bye. Bye. <laughs>